electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Money starts right now, live from the Nasdaq market side overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lear. Traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Steve Grasso, Dan Nathan, and Guy Adami. We've got breaking news on the government shutdown, which is looming. Elon Moy in Washington, D.C. has got the very latest. Elon. Who reports that there is a deal to perhaps not avert the government shutdown, perhaps limit the damage from a government shutdown. This is coming from Senator Bob Corker, who says that Vice President Mike Pence, who was on the Hill earlier this afternoon, along with Mick Mulvaney and Jared Kushner, they met with Chuck Schumer in his office and agreed to something. We don't know exactly what. What we do know is that after that meeting, uh, Vice President Mike Pence, along with the other representatives from the White House, went over to the House side of the Capitol to meet with Paul Ryan, as well as leaders of the Conservative Freedom Caucus. Now, that seems to be an indication that two sides are coming together, perhaps the White House brokering the seeds of a longer negotiation here. We did get a statement from Chuck Schumer's office about how that conversation between the minority leader and the vice president went. And what he said was that Chuck Schumer reiterated that any proposal with funding for the wall will not pass the Senate. However, previous proposals, including one that included $1.3 billion for border security funding, that is still on the table. That could perhaps provide a point of negotiation for these discussions going forward. But right now where we are in the Senate is that they are still stuck on a procedural vote in order to move forward on this bill that would have $5 billion for the border wall, keep the government open. Everyone knows that that bill is not going anywhere. That bill is destined to fail. So the conversation is turning to, is there a way out of this? If not tonight, before midnight, in the next few days, perhaps even before Christmas, or at least before January 3rd, when the new Congress uh, takes session, guys. So a lot of moving parts here on Capitol Hill. We will keep you posted on the latest, but right now, inklings of a deal. Back over to you. So Elon, in order for the hope of a deal to even be there, does it have to include um, border funding in some way, maybe not for a wall? I mean, is that what you're sort of driving at? Right. So what the Senate Democrats say is that $1.3 billion they had previously agreed to um, included money for border security, but did not include money for a wall. Senate Republicans say it was basically a wall. They included money for the wall in that in that piece of legislation. So there's debate over exactly what went in there. And that's why that could potentially be a point of negotiation that could eventually end in both sides. Uh, seeing something that they're willing to accept. Again, this is all going to come down to what does President Trump want? Would he be willing to come down on the amount of funding for his wall? Um, and, you know, what, uh, what he will ultimately decide over whether or not to sign a bill. It's his veto threat that has thrown all of this into limbo over the past yeah. few days. Elon, thank you. Elon Moy covering a, a developing story right now in, in stocks. Uh, got shut down today, as it looks like we still could be heading for that government shutdown. The Dow was up as much as 400 points before selling off, ending the day down more than 400 points. The Nasdaq dropping a whopping 3% stocks.
having their worst week since the financial crisis as everything from the Fed to trade woes to White House chaos weighed on stocks. And here we are, a deal potentially, but still the threat of a veto by President Trump still looms. So we don't really know where we stand. Yeah, what I do mean, you make of this all? there are a lot of reasons the market went down today. I think that government shutdown is, you know, maybe 10 to 15 percent of it. And, you know, and it's funny, 1030 this morning, last night on the show, I said it's a very good chance of S&P rallies 2 percent, given what we've seen, 2530. And at 1030 this morning, I'm like, I am going to stick it to Dan Nathan at five o'clock tonight because he poo-pooed me. 90 S&P points later, he's looking like a genius, as is everybody else on the desk. But what's next? You know, there's still no capitulation. Today was not a capitulatory day in any sense. As a matter of fact, since October, I can make a case that this was the worst day we've seen since early October. So can it get worse from here? And it was also quadruple expiration. Right. So that added to the volume. Absolutely that added did. to the urgency. So I don't know how much you can glean from the overall activity, but I do still think we're going lower. 23.50 for a little bit of a hiccup in the S&P is where I'm looking for. I, I think D.C.'s dysfunction is something that's treating, is the, treating the market differently than it had in the past. And, you know, even uh, Ginsburg being potentially uh, a Supreme Court justice in limbo now again, that's just one more concern for markets. But look at the week over week we've had. And you talk about shutdown. First of all, six, almost 6.7 percent on the S&P, 6 percent on the S&P, almost 8 percent on the triple Qs. Um, People are shutting down. And, and if you want to know what's going on out there in the street, there are funds that are getting year-end redemptions. There are people that have to hit the bid. The high-yield market is a mess. Uh, people are running in to actually close out books at the wrong time. And frankly, people don't want to take risks next week. There's also tax loss selling. Mm -hmm. People want to take yeah. losses on the year. So when are they going to do it? On a full day, full-volume day, like today. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, though. There's also selling the, of names that are up a lot, too. You know, when yeah. we think of MAGA, yep. we think of the Microsoft, the Apple, and the Google, and the Amazon. You know, we lost. Apple, right? And then we, we lost uh, we, we lost Google, right? And now we're starting to see uh, Amazon and Microsoft give a lot of it back. And we have a couple charts here. I mean, I, I know Steve's all over the levels usually, but when you look at these things now approaching these prior um, you know lows from earlier in the year, there are air pockets below these sorts of things. So they're selling winners too. And I'll just make one point. You know, you started this segment by saying it's the worst uh, week or month since 2008. And, you know, that was anything but orderly. There was a crisis moment. And I don't care how bearish you have been in the lead up to what we're seeing in December here. No one is expecting down 6% But I think week, that's a big given what's it. going on so, right now. So they have to come for the winners. That's why when Apple was still up, you started to think this isn't over yet because they have to take everything out. Amazon is still up yeah. on the year. They're going to erase that. Yeah. So uh, they're still going to come for these favorites. They're going to squash them all to zero. I just don't think people are, are looking at, hey, what do I have a couple gains left in? I, I do often say, hey, people, don't cut your flowers and keep your weeds. So, yes, if you have a stock that's up, I think most people aren't looking at it year over year. Some fund managers are, but most fund managers didn't buy Jan 1 either. Cost basis. So it's a cost basis. And most importantly, if you think the stock is going down and something fundamentally has changed, you should be selling that stock, not because you think you're, you know, it, it, it's it a little could hang in It's a little ambiguous. So I, so I don't disagree with you 100 percent. But when you look at these stocks that still have some profit within them. But what people is profit to find? People by? say, well, I, I still go by year to date because that's what most funds are, are dealt with. That's what but they funds didn't buy are, that. That's funds. what. Yeah. But when you look at this, we had this debate when when Apple was at 184 and everyone told me that it was 220 down to 184. People look to cut the fat. The fat is profit. 
profit is still an Apple. Pro- what was? Pro- profit is still an Amazon. It's going to but, be But cut. can't we agree, though, it's the mechanics of what's going on here? Yeah. Because we had four stocks that were near a trillion dollars in market cap, and they all started to accelerate to the downside. So like I just said, we lost two of them. Now two of them are down. And now the other two still have 15% gains in the year. And to Steve's point, if that is evaporated in the next week or so in Microsoft and Amazon, there's no way that the market can rally because there's no leadership anywhere else. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And we can debate this forever. Yeah. I think stocks relative to themselves is the most important thing. The delta off a move is what it is. It doesn't matter what percentage it was up. I mean, obviously, you go up more, you have more room to fall. Um, it is clear that we just talked about these numbers, and it is closer to 7% on a five-day basis for the S&P. The indices are moving in a much greater pace than they were because these are the big weights in the index. Right. And we say this all the time. The, the, the pain below the surface of the index is, is extraordinary, and you know, people are feeling that now. You look at the declines that we've seen, for instance, Amazon. You mentioned Amazon. 1300 and change right now. I mean, at what point do you say, is there a point where you say, you know what, I will step in when it seems so hmm. treacherous out there? When, it's, when we're thinking that maybe, maybe the logic of that, The logic of that question is why we're still going down. Because people are still asking me where the support is in the market. You're probably still having those same conversations. When people think that stocks are never going up again, that's the bottom. Right now, everyone's looking for where do we step in? Where's the bounce level? Do you think level? people are still asking that? Do you think people are still asking that? I know that? they are. In terms of... Is now the time to get in? Is now the time to get in? I feel like those, those cries, those questions have really, they've gotten quiet. I, I don't hear a lot of that. My, my, the questions I get a lot of is, you know, should I, what should I be doing in my four? I mean, yeah. the typical questions you're right. going to get after a month and a half, two months of what we've seen, to, to sort of dovetail what Dan was saying, though, you know, the buying on the way up over the last seven or eight years, a lot of it was based on fundamentals, I get it. A lot of it was indiscriminate buying from all these machines now that we talk about taking the market lower. I think Pete acknowledges this as last night as well. Machines took the market higher. They're taking it lower now. It's, the problem is markets go down a lot faster than they go up. I, I, but I, I tell you what, I know it's very difficult during all this, and I don't see a lot of rosy and you know uh, dynamics and a lot of sunshine on the horizon, but I tell you, when Apple trades X cash uh, about 10 times trailing, okay, so We're we can debate now. We can, right now, mm-hmm. and we can debate whether their future looks anywhere, anywhere close to the last 12 months, but Yes, you, you, you do have a place where you will be rewarded by buying well, great companies here. That's the problem. People here. debate on whether about That's the problem. People are debating whether the, uh, the cycle I know is that. over. And so I think that's... the S&P is going to get – well, you're right. So, Apple, we could get into the stock. I'm just saying in general, if you find a great company with a great balance sheet, with a great business model that we loved three months ago, um, right. I, I do think there's a price in which you want to buy that. And I do think people should be evaluating those companies now. All right. Well, our next guest has been sounding the alarm on the market sell-off for months. Mark Yusko, CEO of Morgan Creek Capital Management, says that not only is the bear market here, but there's even more pain ahead for this bear market. Let's uh, go to Mark in Chicago. Mark, great to see you. Hey, Melissa, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you this afternoon. So this really stood out to me in, in the notes that I got uh, for you, Mark, that this is going to last until 2020. Yeah, look, we, we talked about this um, when we first got together in October mm-hmm. that I think it's a 2000, 2001, 2002 cycle. You know, 2000, we were only down single digits. It all happened from September to December, down 9%. Then we had the shallow recession in 2001, down 14%. And then you had the debt crisis in 2002, down 22%. I think the same thing plays out here. Shallow recession next year, down double digits. And then the debt crisis with all these over-leveraged zombie companies uh, hits in 2020. So, and the, so that specifically, you're talking about small caps? 
Well, it's, it's a lot of small caps, uh-huh. but it's also some mid caps and even some large caps. There are some companies that have borrowed money to buy back stock. It's great for the management. It's really tough for you know, investing in the future profitability of the company. And when the market starts to turn and when interest rates rise, it can be very deadly. And we saw that in 2002. I think we're going to see it late 19 into 20. So if you believe strongly that this bear market will last till 2020, why do you want to find a safe place to hide in equities and U.S. <laughs> equities right now? Because you're saying to us here, safe places to hide healthcare, utilities, yeah. Uh, MLP. Why do I want to be in any of that? I mean, if I knew that there's a bear market until 2020, why? Well, great. I mean, uh, one thing you can do is, is you can get hedged, right? You can go long and short. There's just a segment on hedge funds earlier. Everyone hates hedge funds. You know, our hedge funds up about 4% this year. It's looking really nice. And we're making a lot of money on the short side. So the key is you want to own something because MLPs, for example, you get paid 8% to wait. So you could be wrong by 8% and still not lose any money, maybe even outperform cash. So there are pockets of opportunity. You guys were just talking about Apple a second ago. From a valuation standpoint, that versus the other FANG stocks actually looks pretty attractive. I could go long Apple and short some of the others like Amazon and, and Netflix and actually be very comfortable. Uh, so I think there's lots of interesting stuff out there. Then you go overseas. You know, I love the emerging markets. They've done much better in the past week, not down nearly as much. In fact, some of the markets are up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Fed and, and the weakening in the dollar certainly helped. Um, when it comes yeah. to cash, though, Mark, are we at a point in time where people should be thinking maybe cash is an option? Uh, look, uh, we wrote in January a couple things. One wrote cash is king. And people said, oh, you guys are idiots. And I said, well, we're as idiotic as people like Warren Buffett, who has the highest level of cash ever. Julian Robertson, highest level of cash ever. George Soros, highest level of cash ever. They look pretty smart. David Tepper, same thing. And then we also wrote that bonds, long bonds, would beat stocks. And we looked really dumb up until the last couple of weeks. And now long bonds look, surprise, surprise, have beaten stocks. I think long bonds will beat stocks again next year. Shorter term call, Mark. I mean, how, how bad do you think this gets on a point basis on yeah. the S&P? Look, I think the, the selling uh, will take a little break here. I don't know that we'll get the big Santa Claus rally that everybody's hoping for. But, you know, I, I, th- I thought we'd be down single digits for this year. It looks like that's where we're going to end up. And then I think, you know, January people will have the hope rally like they always do. And uh, you need to watch those first five days. But uh, then I think we start down. I think next year is going to be a a dreadful bear market. And a bear market is a market that goes down most days, but goes up a lot on good news or perceived good news. So we'll have a lot of spiky rallies, but at the end of the trip, it's like a rubber ball bouncing down a set of stairs. Each bounce is higher. That's just kinetic energy. The end of the trip's a bad place. Mark, thank you. Good to see you. Happy holidays. Thanks for having me. Mark Yusko. Happy holidays. Actually, happy hodl days. (laughs) Maybe. maybe Hold your Bitcoin. (laughs) Mark, thanks. All right, let's Thanks. trade it here. Um, you, so I think you said a do couple. Do you agree real, with him? I, I, I mean, listen, I'm curious. Listen, you can be in cash for a while, but then ultimately you have to deploy it. Okay, and I think he makes a lot of good points. So you use cash tactically when you start getting nervous about things after you've had long periods where you've been very profitable. I think Apple. You guys all make a really good point. I mean, here's a company with an amazing balance sheet. It's trading at a, f- a fundamental situation um, where it was a year ago at this time, and everyone loved it there, and it went up 50 percent. So if you want to start dollar cost averaging some of that cash into a position after you Meaning missed it. part of a position. That's right. And you start working it down. It, yeah. And if you understand it's going to be a choppy period over the next year, I think that Or if sense. things have changed and the guidance that they're not no longer giving is the tip of the iceberg, 
then you're in for a world of hurt, even in Apple. And I think this has been a reversal of what everyone thought it would be. That would be the ultimate reversal, that it's a value trap, not value. Apple, just speaking of, uh, latest stock to join the Death Cross Club. One trader says it is a make or break moment for the stock. He will explain in less than four days until Christmas. The shopping frenzy hits a fever pitch this week, but can the holiday fix the retail wreck? Plus, a golden rally, the precious metal rallying as the market sells off. Uh, the chart master sees something that could have you pressing the buy button, too. We're live from a very foggy and rainy Times Square in New York City. Much more Fast Money right after this. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. The market sell-off taking down tech with the Nasdaq selling off 3%. Take a look at this chart if you dare. Shares of Apple entering the dreaded death cross this week, a bearish technical sign formed when a 50-day moving average crosses below the 200-day moving average, basically indicating a loss of momentum. Misery loves company. Take a look at this. The iPhone maker joining nearly two-thirds of the S&P 500 in the death cross club which includes Netflix, Facebook, and Alphabet. And the Nasdaq index itself entered a death cross earlier this month. So is this a make-or-break moment for Apple? <laughs> Look at you. Dan. You no, made that uh, face last night, so too. Okay. Here's the thing. Oh, uh, I, I think... T- you made a really good point, Steve. You know, we got to see what the guidance is going to look like. That stock started going down based on the guidance they gave for their all-important holiday quarter. The news has been horrible about, you know, injunctions against selling phones in China and Germany and this and that, whatever. So to, the way I see it is, it's like, why would you ever want to get in front of what their quarter and their guidance is going to be as they head into a seasonally slow period in the winter, right? So you want to wait. And that's why I think if you're starting to get excited on valuation, you start, you dip your toe in on a quarter position, that sort of thing. I just want to make one other point. You made a great point about the, the Russell 2000. Great points okay. being made. It has In 2016, it broke out first, and it had a lot of beta to the S&P, right? It's retraced that whole move since the breakout. I think a lot of you stocks are going to do that. You made and a great Apple's point, point when you said I made a great uh, point. Right. How but are we going to split screen this if you're saying everybody's making a great point But my point is Apple's breakout from 2016 was 120 and I think those are levels that's down 20% from here that are really good support in a name like that. Well, the question- Why? Who made a great point in your yeah. view? I think Tim's Tim the point the that vest? Tim made with that vest yeah, is the no best point. I mean, I know the market's crazy, but that vest is just look at that. It's a holiday gift for America. Oh my goodness! Fortunately, it's been a little bit anyway. It's a little warm out for the fire, but it is nonetheless the holiday. Some point you got to say, right, where, what's the, the level fire? that makes Thank sense? You. So if you go back to the middle of 2015, Apple, the stocks chopped that around 128 or so and gave it all back over the next six or seven months. So. I'm not suggesting it's getting there, but if you're looking for a line in the sand, 128 makes as much sense as anything I could find. Should we be worried about this death cross club? 
Yes, we should be. And, and to be clear, I actually am a big believer in the death cross. I, I do believe both uh, the technicals behind it indicate that you now have a medium term momentum moving over a long term. It takes a long time to turn the ship. So you're down. Look at the triple Qs. On December 3rd, we hit death cross. We're down 14 percent from that death cross. Good point. Um, Apple's done a lot of damage. Um, we're none the wiser on where this thing goes. But bottom line here is I actually think around 140 uh, Apple on the charts looks interesting. I think on valuation right now, I stand in here and I like the company. Everybody gets a gold star tonight. Oh. Draw on the Apple death cross and what it means for the stock. Go to tradingnation.cnbc.com. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. Here's what else is coming up on the show. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Oh, my is right. The bears are on the attack. But don't worry, Dorothy. We'll tell you how to protect your portfolio no matter what happens next. Plus, you're as cold as ice. Yep. It's been an ice-cold December for retail stocks as the group is on track for its worst month in nearly a decade. The traders tell you four names that are bargain buys. Much more Fast Money right after this. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shei a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones... Our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Welcome back to Fast Money. Look how many days left to Christmas. Three days, six hours, 35 minutes, oh, and oh, oh. seconds. Who's counting? We're right in the midst of the busiest holiday shopping season of the year. But you wouldn't know it looking at the retail stocks this month. The group has been crushed down 16% in December on track for its worst month since November 2008. Ooh. So are there any bargain buys hidden in the wreckage? Mr. Vest, what do you say? Mm. Yeah, look, a place to buy a nice vest is not Tiffany's, but I do think if you're going to go look for a luxury brand, and I would be probably barbelling the retail sector. In other words, I would go low end, I would go high end luxury. The stock's down 46%. That doesn't mean anything, really. Uh, Where's it going? I do think that the valuation at around 14 times uh, forward earnings, this company is well cheap to its history. We've just gotten guidance. By the way, thank you for the brokerage community for just downgrading it very hard in the last week as it went down 45 percent. Guy? Dollar General comes out DG Mel. We actually, Howard pitched, that's when we go over to the smart board. A long time ago. <laughs> and a actually, different show, maybe. No, it's our show, actually. Well, anyway. but we don't power pitch. You know what? I wouldn't power pitch that I mean, 15 times yeah. forward earnings, reported earnings in the beginning of December. Tweaked guidance a little bit to the downside, but valuation is reasonable. Their inventories are in check. They manage to hold on to their margins. And it's if we're going into an environment where we all think we're going into, I think Dollar Gin's actually one of the that winners. fits into that barbell sort of barbell. notion. You know what Process? stock that used to be everyone's favorite? Home what? Depot. Down 15% year to date. Got dragged down with housing. Got dragged down for reasons on, unto itself. Do they sell razors there? Um, Apparently. I don't, I don't, why do you ask? Not there. Why do you ask? <laughs> 
So, so uh, I would say buy the stock. But you know what I think is really important with consumer names? What? They dip first. They're the tell. If you look at them on a chart, they dip first. They recover first. Watch for retail to recover first. That's your buy signal, Home Depot. Yeah, so last night my final trade was not to chase Nike in the aftermarket. I think it was trading up 8 9%. On guidance that I honestly thought was head-scratching, when you consider that two-thirds of their sales come from outside of the U.S., when you think about manufacturing with China, China a big growth area, I just didn't see it. I mean, but to me, if you get this thing back towards 65 in a broad market sell-off, that's where you, you start picking at it. Time for the final trade. Tim. Well, in addition to wishing you all a very happy holiday, I will say I do think Apple is a name that at this point, after this pullback, there's some downside there, but 140 is probably where you stop yourself. Take a look at Apple. Steve. XLU Utilities has been, have been as a bulletproof as you can imagine in this down market. XLUs. Dan. Uh, yeah, Procter & Gamble, stay tuned. We're going to tell you how to sell it. I think correlations go to one in a down market, and stocks like this go down just like his Utes. Key. This too shall pass, folks. I mean, I know there's a lot of doom and gloom out yeah. there. I mean, maybe the market does go lower, but cool your jets. Enjoy the weekend. Have a great Christmas, right, yes. Dan? Wow. I mean, Merry Christmas. Right? I mean, that's, that's right. what Merry it's all Christmas. about. Focus on the good things, despite love? Tim's best. United Health, UNH, it comes out. That does it for us here on Fast. Merry Christmas, everybody, if you're celebrating. We will back here, be back here on Wednesday at 5 o'clock, but don't move. A very merry options action is up right after this break. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.